You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of your show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> um... Welcome back to the NFC East Feast. I am joined, as always, by my partner, Mr. George Van Riper. How are you doing, sir? Yes, sir. So good, man. Happy to be here for the NFC East Feast, bro. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do. Um, Super excited about this year. Obviously, we won the division last year as a Washington football fan. But yeah, today I think we're we're digging in a little bit with the Philadelphia Eagles of all teams. We are going to be doing our Eagles team preview today. Our plan is for the next four months to do a preview with each team of the division. We are going to do the Eagles for the month of May, the Giants in June, the Cowboys in July, and end it with the division champs, Washington football team in August. And that will take us right up to our weekly episodes when they start again in September. Now, our plan was to have the Average Sports Guys, which is another uh, podcast that covers the NFC East. Um, And these guys are similar to me and George, uh, where one of them is an Eagles fan. One of them is a Washington football team fan. And they kind of do the same thing me and George do. They clown on each other, but they're also both very knowledgeable um, about the division. So the plan was for them to come on and talk Eagles with us. But due to some technical difficulties, they were not able to join. But the show must go on. So, George, let's talk. Philadelphia Eagles. What? I mean, there's so many question marks surrounding this team. What what are your expectations going into the season? Man, it's really hard to say, B. I think last year we had a lot of weeks where we really didn't know what to say about the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they just didn't have a true identity. And after the draft class and after free agency, I still don't know if they have an identity. I don't know if they know they have an identity or not. They, I mean, ever since week 17, it started off with the benching of Jalen Hurts, which um, then at the time was coach Doug Peterson, made a very controversial division, which gave you guys the division. Very shortly thereafter, coach Peterson was relieved of his duties um, by GM Howie Roseman and the owner Jeffrey Lurie. Coach Peterson then came out. Which seemed like an, it seemed like an inside job, bro. It yes. seemed like they agreed that he would be getting let go, but to not win that game specifically. Because you know that if he was continued to be the coach at the at, with the Philadelphia Eagles, that would have never happened. Oh, for sure. No, there, some, something strange went on there. And Doug Peterson, who has a lot of connections in this league, made it a point to bash that organization publicly, talking about how he would have to have weekly meetings with the owner and the GM to discuss strategy, which is very strange. And I don't think it's any secret that the Eagles had to settle, should we say, for Nick Sirianni. Not exactly a sought-after coach, was not on the radar by any organization, but they got Nick Sirianni, 
who started the offseason with um, what I would call a dud of a press conference. It was very awkward. Now, where, where is Nick Sirianna based out of? Where, where does Nick come from? He was the Colts offensive coordinator. So it's, uh, it's kind of funny how Frank Reich was the Eagles OC when they won the Super Bowl. He goes to become the Colts head coach. And then now, who was the Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, comes to Philly to be the head coach. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see which coach Sirianni he's put together, should we say, an interesting coaching staff. Um, we went through the names earlier. We don't know who they are. Maybe you guys do. Offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Steichen? Snitchen? Stitchen, bro? Steichen? Steichen. I think it's Steichen, bro. It's got to be German or something. But. <laughs> it, it, sounds, it sounds German. And nope. defensive coordinator is Jonathan Gannon. Who's who's not related to Rich Gannon, I'm assuming, right? Probably not, but Probably shout not. out to Rich Gannon. Shout Rich out to Gannon Rich, dog. Got, got the Raiders to bro, a Super Bowl. Underrated, first off, Rich Gannon, if you're listening. Underrated, mm-hmm. buddy. Underrated. Absolutely. Got the Raiders to a Super Bowl. They were destroyed by the Bucks. but shout out to yes. Rich. Shout out, shout out. But yeah, I mean, again, the identity of the Philadelphia Eagles, it's, it's really not clear. Jalen Hurts, I thought, was clearly the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not so fast, That's my friend. Nick Sirianni made a point to say what, B? He said that this was going to be a competition that Jalen would have to earn the position. And, of course, the Eagles brought in veteran quarterback Joe Flacco to be the backup. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why Jalen isn't going to be the starter. I just think it's very strange that they didn't just go ahead and give him the job off the bat. Now, Jalen has been a good old sport about this and said that he's all about competition and that he will earn the job. But I think why not just give the kid a vote of confidence? He played pretty damn well um, in the last month of the season when he took over as the job. So, but I mean, all things, I, th- I believe everyone thinks that Jalen Hurts is going to be under center week one for Philadelphia. And I think that was a little bit of signing Joe Flacco and telling him, hey, you have a serious chance to start for this football team. So it might be a little bit of that as well, wouldn't you say, B? For sure. No, I, I think that's good to, to, to give Flacco a little boost of confidence to think that, you know, he has at least a shot. But um, Jalen already came out. And I know he said that Joe's been great. Um, in the offseason so far, um, giving him some tutelage. Of course, Joe, Joe's a veteran quarterback, won a Super Bowl in this league, been around for a long time. So I think that's a, it's, a, it's a good signing for them to get the ba- to be a, a backup quarterback. But I want to dive into their whole roster, not just talk quarterback. Well, let's, so let, let, I, know, I know you're going to dive in here, but let's talk about their first-round pick. Let's talk sure. about Devontae Smith. Do you think that Devontae Smith can really make a big change with the Eagles this year? First round pick who I want to add that our uh, good friend and uh, contributor to the podcast, Mr. C.T. Hamilton, projected that correctly on our NFL Draft podcast for those of you who listened. So C.T. had Devontae Smith going to Philadelphia, which he did. Of course, the Eagles traded with the Cowboys up to number 10 because the rumor was the Giants were going to take Devontae at number 11. So the Eagles hopped up. Took Devontae, the Heisman Trophy winner. And to get back to your question, yes, I think he is a difference maker week one. I think Jalen Hurts has a true number one receiver. And I think Devontae is going to take the league by storm. Despite him having calves that look similar to mine, I think the kid it runs crisp routes. I, I believe I believe CT said easy gas. When I told CT, I was like, this guy just doesn't look like he's trying. CT said 
The guy's got easy gas. And I, I don't see that end of any other receiver in the draft. I think the guy's an absolute stud. I think there's a lot of promise, and I think he's going to stay with Philly for a long time. And I think they got a great NFL football player. I will say that. For sure. No, I think I think um, they uh, they hit on this pick. Whereas last year when they passed on offensive rookie of the year, Justin Jefferson. Ooh, um, <laughs> and, yeah, oh, damn. And they, they decided to take Jalen Rager out of TCU. Now, I don't want to just bash Jalen Rager. He still has a chance to be a good player in this league, but did not have nearly the rookie season that um, Mr. Jefferson did for Minnesota last year. But it looks like um, at wide receiver, they're going to line up Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager, they also have Greg Ward, a former college quarterback, and they have our boy out of Old Dominion, Travis Fulgham. Fulgham. So, love him. Love the guy. So a decent set of wide receivers, I, I, would, I would say, for Philadelphia. And um, their starting tight end is going to be Dallas Goddard. Who knows it, what's going to happen with Mr. Ertz, right? Yes. Mr. Zach uh, Ertz, bro. From everything that, that we've looked into, right now Zach Ertz is on the Eagles roster. But – all signs are pointing to that that will not be the case come September. Sounds like the Eagles are going to try to try, find a trading partner to trade Zach Ertz, who's, who's played his entire career in Philadelphia. But if they cannot, he will be released before training camp starts. It's tough to hear that be, because, honestly, Zach Ertz might not be the best athlete. Dallas Gard, obviously, absolute stud tied in. But the guy can find the zone. I always, mm-hmm. Every single time that we played the Philadelphia Eagles, he always found a nice little soft spot in the zone, and he would score like crazy. He'd rack up 100-plus yards. The guy is, is not necessarily just replaceable off the streets. I know Dallas Goddard has a lot of, you know, uh, you know he does he does his thing, but Zach Hurts is, is also a great tight end in this NFL league. No, Zach Hurts made a pro bowl in this league before. At one time, he was um, a top five t- tight end as far as production. Um, yeah. so, I mean, it, I, I know the last game of the season uh, last year, uh, he was seen in the sidelines crying. He stayed out onto the field long after ah, the team was in the locker room. Yeah. He knew that was going to be his last game in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, and I just think he is one of the last key members, at least on the offensive side of the football, who won that Super Bowl with uh, Nick Foles, which seems like many years ago, although it was only three years ago. And I think it's just part of them moving on from that whole Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles regime, and Zach Ertz. They, they need to let him go and uh, maybe flourish at the end of his career somewhere else. But yep. it, it will be Goddard starting a tight end for, for the Eagles week one. And I'm curious, too, as far as the offensive attack, because let's be real. The attack is nice with the O-line being one of the better O-lines in the league. You have Miles Sanders, so they can block. You have a great defensive line. Is this more of a run-heavy uh, offense with Jalen Hurts and those type of uh, offensive linemen. I'm assuming that, right, P? I think so. I'm not really quite sure what kind of game plan Nick Sirianni is going to put together. If you look at the Colts last year, um, they had Phillip Rivers, but they were a run-heavy offense. Um, rookie Jonathan Taylor ended up top five in the league in rushing. Uh, um, yep. so, and, and the Colts have a great offensive line with Quentin Nelson and those big boys up front. So I think, I mean, let's, let's go through the Eagles O-line. We've got... Uh, Andre Dillard and Lane Johnson at tackle. Jason there. Kelly. Jason Kelsey, um, brother Kelsey. of uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, um, longtime Pro Bowl center. At guard, we've got Brandon Brooks, who was hurt almost all of last year. He's going to come back. And they have Landon Dickerson, who played center for the um, Crimson Tide National Champions last year, but he will slide over to guard. So it's, that, was her, a, that was the second round pick, right? Correct. Second round pick. 
so yeah, th- this is a good offensive line. Uh, Jason Peters is a free agent. I th- rumor is he could retire, but if not, he's definitely going to be playing elsewhere. But Peters was a good tackle for them for a long time. But one through five, this is a good old line. So I mean, I think I think with um, with Miles Sanders, um, a, a quality running back, had a decent year considering how bad the Eagles were. Made a Pro who's Bowl the, two two years who's ago. The backup there. Who's the backup? They actually just claimed Carryon Johnson um, from the Detroit Lions, so he's a decent backup. And they also drafted in the fifth round out of Memphis, Kenneth Gainwell. Ah, I did see that. Memphis backs, man, I like them. No, it's kind of crazy, George. If you think of the last three starting running backs from Memphis, you had three years ago Tony Pollard, now plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Two years ago. Antonio Gibson now plays for the Washington football team. Now this year, Kenneth Gainwell now plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. So pretty much guys, if you um, are a young high school (laughs) running back out there and you decide to sign with the Memphis Tigers, you will end up in the NFC East. But no, I think overall we pretty much, we went through their wide receivers, tight ends, O-line. We all know the quarterback situation. I would say this, this isn't a bad offense. It doesn't scare me. But I, I think overall this offense can put up some points. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's funny. Like once we start peeling back the onion a little bit, my initial reaction to the Eagles were trash. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. like I, yeah. I literally thought the Eagles were trash. But but now when we start talking about names and we start talking about, you know, with their D-line being Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Javon Har- Hargraves, all good veteran uh, defensive linemen. And then you have that offensive line and you have Miles Sanders as a back. They could easily, you know, slow the clock down and, and beat some of these NFC East teams. And and it would be interesting. I, I, I think we're man, we're all so close. It's 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 it makes it interesting for sure. for sure. Yeah, the Eagles aren't as far off as I think um, most of the media would have you, you know, kind of figure. They've kind of been a laughing stock so far this offseason. But if you actually look at the paper, their roster on offense isn't bad. You already went over the defensive line. You, you mentioned Fletcher Cox, um, Brandon Graham, who we all know is famous for um, making Tom Brady fumble in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And um, I don't believe you mentioned Derek Barnett, who was another talented um, defensive end for them. So, so it's like if you look at the Eagles, I think out of all teams in the division, clearly you guys, Washington football team, have the most talented group up in that being the defensive line. But I would say out of both trenches combined, um, O-line and D-line, I think the Eagles, they, they, they line up with the best of them. The Giants' O-line is trash. The Cowboys' D-line is trash. Your guys' O-line is pretty good. You did just lose Morgan Moses. But I'd say if you add up O-line and D-line together – the Eagles got the best trenches, and I mean, you—that's where the, that's where the game is won. So, so let's no. let's slow down the uh, the Eagles hate train a little bit. Although George, obviously, you and I find it difficult to to say nice things about Philadelphia. They do got some hog mollies up front, and don't forget, dude. Hmm. Guess who just signed with the Philadelphia Eagles? I wasn't. Isn't isn't it that that heartbreak kid who used to flex his biceps? What's his name? Brian Kerrigan. Brian Kerrigan. That that's that dude, and they picked him up quick. Like I saw you posted um, Kerrigan's goodbye letter to the Washington football fan base. Within an hour, he had an Eagles uniform on. I was like, damn. And that's, that's a smart call by Howie Roseman in that front office. He knows the division. And I still think he's got some good football left in him. And the guy's a passionate guy. He's a locker room guy. You can't go wrong with that guy. He's, I mean, I, I can't say nothing or I can't say enough about Ryan Kerrigan and what he's done with the Washington football team and, and previously with the Redskins, dude. The guy is just a, an absolute character-driven, all-effort, 
Uh, you know, I like that CT says hat on fire. The guy is constantly bull rushing that quarterback, and I'm gonna miss seeing him in the uh, in the garnet. I really am. So. For sure. And I mean, if we let, let's hop to um, the Eagles linebackers, and I think we'll understand pretty quickly why they signed Ryan Kerrigan. Their starters are listed as Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. Now, I consider myself a pretty knowledgeable football fan. <laughs> I have no idea who the hell these guys are. So the Eagles need help in the linebacking course. So uh, hopefully, you know, Kerrigan, obviously, I don't think he's going to be a starter for them. Clearly going to be a rotational guy, most likely on passing. He'll play guys. a lot, though. I think the guy will play a lot. He'll, he will play. Yeah, yeah. He will He will have an impact for Philadelphia. And now let's hop back to their secondary, which doesn't exactly have names that jump out of you. Of course, Darius Slay is there, the big money free agent who came over a couple years ago from Detroit. Still Guy's a top-tier top tier corner in the league. Absolutely. And they signed Anthony Harris, who was a safety for Minnesota. Anthony Harris is a good safety. And that was really the only splash they made in free agency. They lost Jalen Mills, the Which Green Goblin, honestly, they called him. I wanted to ask the average sports guys, being a Philly fan, was Anthony Harris an upgrade? Over Jalen Mills, and I, from what I know, I'd say it's almost an even draw. They okay. lost a good safety, and they gained a good safety. I think both those guys are above average, but by no means are they going to make a Pro Bowl or an all-pro roster. So I think they um, they fill a hole. Where Jalen um, Mills went to uh, Coach Belichick and the New England Patriots. So I think um, bringing Anthony Harris over from the Vikings, it at least um, makes their safety group respectable. Their other starting safety is going to be Rodney McLeod, and their other corners other than Slay are going to be Avante Maddox and Craig James. And the defensive so, coordinator is Jonathan Gannon, no relation to Rich Gannon. But, I mean, let's yes. be real, B. We don't know how most of these coaches in this coaching staff, regardless if it's the offensive coordinator with fucking Shane Steichen, Stitchin, yeah. who really yeah. knows? You got Jonathan know. Gannon, no relation to Rich. And then you got... Obviously, Nick Sirianni, who has developed his own drama. Do you want to talk a little bit about the drama that happened with with, with Mr. Sirianni? Yes. Let's let's be mean to Philadelphia for a minute because I feel like we've been pretty complimentary. Um, it all started off with that awkward press conference, and there's a history in this league starting off with Adam Gase and the Jets with um, Dan Campbell in Detroit. When awkward press conferences happen, usually poor play is to come short thereafter. And after we talked about it, uh, the, the press conference talked about it with CT and the NFL draft special at pro days, coach Sirianni was playing rock, paper, scissors with draft prospects to gauge their competitiveness. And in one which, of the pro, by the way, come see your boy in rock, paper, scissors. Cause I will destroy you, bro. That's all I'm really? trying to say. You know yeah. what? Let's go. Let's go yeah. right now. Go right let's now go, let's right? go. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors. Shoot. shoot. All right, it's a draw. We won't go anymore. All right, all right. But, you know, all right. We we, we can admit we're both pretty damn good. (laughs) All right. Well, one of the cameras caught Coach Sirianni saying this. And Howie Roseman was about five paces behind him. And as he's saying this to the media, you can see Howie Roseman bury his face in his hands because he is embarrassed by this. So it's 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 been a rough start for Nick. A lot of people are clowning on the hire, and like I said, I I, I think it's because um, Coach Peterson trashed the um, front office so badly they were not getting these top tier free agent coaches wanting to come to Philadelphia. But you never know. I know um, Terrell Owens was on a podcast with uh, Ocho Cinco, and I don't know if it's because To played for the Eagles or not. But, dude, T.O. picked Philadelphia to win the division 
And he was dead ass serious. He goes, I know football and, and I and I know the quarterback position. He said, Jalen Hurts is a dog, and this kid is gonna surprise some people, and they're gonna win the division. I, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't that's it's it, it's it's starting to make me think about the RG three year, the rookie year. And and I could mm. I could see that, man, like out of Jalen Hurts. He, he's going to have those intangibles the first few years of his career. Now, will he last, uh, you know, a couple of decades like the Tom Brady's of the world? Probably not. But no. his intangibles and his athleticism in that division, I can't see him taking a sack. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be all in to secure his path within Philadelphia and then secure his, his pass in the NFL. He, he reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott, honestly. When Dak came out of Mississippi State. Oh, and Dak it, is slow, bro. I don't think Dak is. is Dak he's slow? not slow. He's not slow. He's a 4'7 guy, all right? I'm saying Jalen is out there yeah. making it like, well. I give Dak a 4'6'8". I give Dak a 4'6'8". <laughs> Come on, Tim Tebow ran a four seven. We're not going to get into this. Is not a Tim right, Tebow well, podcast. Tim Tebow's a tie, a fucking tight end. Yeah, you're right. Tim Tebow's dead. You're right. But uh, all right, Jalen is definitely faster than Dak. I'm not saying that, but I just think when they came out, they they were Dak was. A, if you remember back to the Mississippi State days, Dak was a running quarterback at what they called Hale State and brought Mississippi State all the way up to like I believe the number two ranking in the country at that time. Yeah, he and like, and he yeah he was thick steak, bro. That's all I'm yeah, saying about no, it. He, no, was, he was he was a, he was a big boy. Yeah, he was a big boy. But no, but Dak has developed himself as a passer in this league. And I think that Jalen proved a lot of people wrong in limited action last year. In the, in the three or four games he started at the end of the year, he was slinging the rock down the field. So I think as he progresses, um, he does have a chance to be not only an above average, but perhaps a Pro Bowl caliber player in this league. I'm a big wow. fan of Jalen Hurts. That's big, man. And, and, and speaking of Jalen's, Jalen Rager, not the greatest year last year. Picked before Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that didn't feel, you know, hurt, definitely hurt his confidence a little bit. But I'm interested to see what his relationship is, even in the offseason uh, mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts. And, and I'm curious to see what Devontae and, and Jalen does with, with Mrs., Mr. Hurts. So it I mean, should be exciting to see. It really should. This isn't. This is a uh, a new group of wide receivers. Um, obviously, although Jalen Rager and Fulgham were there last year, they were rookies. So I mean, the, the it's out with the old. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was there for a long time. He's gone. Um, it's been well documented. One of my favorite players in the history of this league <laughs> is uh, is Deshaun Deshaun Jackpot. Jack, <laughs> De- Jackpot is out of the building. I mean, I think. And, and and side note, I think Jackpot has a nice year for the Rams. I think that's a good weapon for Stafford. <laughs> just saying. Just would, saying, bro. fantasy guys. He is out by week four, bro. We all know it, dude. Get out of here. But he comes back week 13 and he catches an 80-yard bomb. Okay, Jack? He's a draft king stud for sure. Not necessarily a fantasy guy, but I like that. Shout out to D-Jack because I always know he's listening. We miss you. We miss you. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But no, it's a new group of wide receivers, um, and it's going to be led by the Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, he's only about a buck 65. So, I mean, if I put on a thick jacket, I weigh the same thing as Devontae Smith. And obviously, if you you line me out at, at Z, I'm going to be getting handled by those cornerbacks. So, but the dude played in the SEC. So, I mean, he's playing against. He's first of all in practice. He's going up against Patrick Sertan, who was a top ten draft pick, and he's playing against top tier competition. And I don't remember Devonte Smith um, ever missing a game. So, so he's tougher than his frame would let on. And I think um, like we, we we already talked about. It. He's going to make an instant impact. So, Philadelphia, let's. Let's should we should, let's go through their schedule, and I think that you and I can kind of we won't go game by game and make picks of each game, but let's run down their eighteen game schedule, 
And then you and I think can maybe give a projection of how we think they'll be. All right, let's do that. It all starts with week one, and that is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. That's going to be a high-scoring game. But week one, they start the the season on September 12th. At Atlanta? At at Atlanta. I'm going to give them the L. I'm going to give them the L. Okay. Yep. Week two is their home opener. And they are going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. Who knows the quarterback will be? Perhaps it will be Trey Lance. Maybe it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo. Week three is Monday Night Football, where they come to Jerry's World to play my Dallas Cowboys. Week four doesn't get any easier. They are hosting um, the AFC champions, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Week five, they travel to Carolina to uh, play um, new quarterback Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Week six, they come back to Lincoln Financial Field to host the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's on a Thursday night football. Good luck with that one, guys. (laughs) Week seven, they travel to Vegas, baby. Vegas, don't stay out too late partying, guys, to play the Raiders. The Raiders. Week eight, this is where they get a W, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) They travel to the Motor City to play the Detroit Lions and new uh, quarterback, Jared Goff. Week nine, they come back to Lincoln Financial Field and will host the Los Angeles Chargers. Love Justin Herbert. That's going to be a shootout. Week 10, they uh, will stay in the AFC West and travel to Mile High Field to play the Denver Broncos. We'll see who's the quarterback at Denver, either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe it'll be Aaron Rodgers at that point. Uh, Week 11, they will host the New Orleans Saints. Who's going to be the quarterback in New Orleans? Will it be uh, Jameis Squinston or will it be Taysom Hill? Squinston. <laughs> he got that LASIK, though. I shouldn't hate. He's got that. He got, he got, he got LASIK. He'll be all right. Um, week 12, they play division rival, the New York Giants in New York. Week 13, they stay in the same stadium. They stay in MetLife and they will play the New York Jets. And what will most likely be, I would guess, quarterback uh, Zach Wilson, rookie out of BYU. I know you were high on Zach Wilson coming Oh, up. super high on him, not only for his football, but oh my goodness, this man handsome. He's Holy very good looking. Wow. Have you noticed though, dude? Yeah. He looks like a Ken doll, bro. Yeah, the guy, I was about to say doll. He dude, looks like a doll. Bro, my pants get tight every time I see him whoa, on Whoa, TV, whoa, whoa. Let's continue. Let's continue right, down sorry, the schedule sorry. then. Come on. This is a PG podcast. Uh, week 14. They are on a bye. So they have a late bye. I like that. I like a late bye week, especially with an 18-game season. Now, George, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the Washington football team hasn't been uh, mentioned yet. And here they come because the Philadelphia Eagles, the last four weeks of their schedule. 16. Yeah, man. Yes. So, so week on the last four weeks of the schedule, the Eagles play all division opponents. And it starts off week 15. They host the Washington football team. Week 16, they come home, and actually they'll stay at home. So they hope you know what? Me and me and B are going to that game. We're going to that we're game. We're staying at my mom's, and we're going to that game. Week, week, 16, fit, week 16, Giants Washington yep. football. Yep, you're coming. Is, it, is that breaking news? Yeah, no, that's happening. Wow. Yeah. All right, Man. the tickets are ready. What a treat! Thank yeah. you, Rose Marie. Yes, Thank you very course. much. <laughs> All right, well, we, uh, week sixteen. And if you the, guys don't was, know, I don't know if you've seen photos, but B Wills will wear some Washington football team 
And Redskins gear. I, I, I wore it once. I wore it once. Can I wear it again? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so week fifteen. Let's 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 let's, let's um, go right, back. All right, all right. Four four weeks in a row. NFC East opponents. Fifteen. They're home against the football team. Sixteen. They stay home. Play. Host say Washington. Two. Say Washington. Don't say. Okay. Football. All right. Week sixteen. <laughs> They are host to Danny Dimes, the New York Giants. Week 17, they travel to FedEx Field to play Washington. And week 18, they end the season by hosting my Dallas Cowboys. So I think, George, although it's only May right now, we already know this division is going to come down to the last month of the season with both you guys and the Eagles playing their final four games against divisional opponents. It's going to be a whirlwind finish. It's going to be a sprint to the finish. I would imagine that all these teams are going to be pretty closely locked to the top. I have been quoted, and I will continue to quote this. I think the division comes down to the Cowboys, Washington football team, and New York Giants all knotted up at the top. Although we've been kind to the Eagles throughout this podcast, I will say they are going to finish, I I am going to say, at 6-11. and and come in last place in the NFC East. What is your prediction for these Philadelphia Eagles? I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of echo your sentiment here. I'm gonna go, I guess seven and ten. Okay. Um, and a I'm, respectable uh, seven and a ten. respectful seven and ten. They don't have any trash on their schedule other than that game with the Lions. I think it was big <laughs> and and maybe a couple others, but I don't see this team being awful but it it all comes down to what i said in the beginning of the podcast where is your identity and if they do find that identity i could easily see this team being a possibly nine and eight team so we 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 will see i think we will i think you're you're on target with with your prediction the giants look really good this year the boys look great and you know the 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 washington football team look even better than most so defending champs defending champs at the end of the day that's that's what it is and and with our quarterbacks having one leg last year and the others having setting up diy strip clubs i truly (laughs) think that Having Ryan Fitzpatrick as a you know starting quarterback is an immediate improvement in that locker room and in that football team. But I know we're not here to talk about my team. No, but, we're not. But we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, dude. But I think overall, dude, I gained. A, I feel better about the right? Eagles. I literally, it, it, it's. I knew you were going with that because as we're speaking it, I'm like, they're not that bad. No, they're not that that bad. That's my takeaway from from this team preview podcast. The Eagles are not as bad as I thought. And perhaps, like you said, I think if they can get to nine wins, I think that puts them right in the wild card race in the NFC. So you never know. T.O. went on a limb and picked this team to win the division. I know you and I aren't doing that. But I think we can we can say that we learned a little something today. I hope all of you listening, first of all, thank you all for listening. I hope you all learned a little something about Philadelphia as well. And we'll see. Or maybe maybe they, Nick Sirianni is the bozo that everyone's been pinning the tail on this entire offseason, and they go 4-13. and 13. Who knows? They, let's that's, be real, that's why dude, the NFL is fun. As of late, the guy looked like he had mild downs last press conference, and you know that's a whole other deal. But. No, no. The rumor is is that he beat downs um, coming out of his hometown. So I mean, so we we have to be thankful for that. And you know, the guy is gainfully employed, and as an NFL coach, he makes a hell of a lot more money than you and I. So well, let's be real. Anybody's getting hired these days, B. I mean, let's 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 be completely honest here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Tim Tebow has a job. <laughs> Just saying. But he owns Jacksonville. He owns that fan base. I guess I can understand that. But thank you for so sure. much, man. It's so nice to be on. 
with you and you taking the time and everybody listening, taking the time to listening to us, uh, uh, both goofballs. But uh, it, yeah, we it's love always you guys. Fun. No, this was this was a great time. I feel um, I feel we learned something, and this is May. And be ready for June because we're coming with that New York Giants team preview. Yes, sir. So get ready and uh, NFC East. Free!